one of the things that we talk about quite a bit as as CFOs and specifically fractional CFOs yeah. and even kind of more uh, ingrained is yeah. you know those who raise capital and who do like okay. I do yeah, yeah, mergers yeah. and acquisitions, quality of earnings, financial due diligences. A good CFO, not just accountant, controller, backwards looking, but CFO, strategic, forward looking, has to be able to tell the story. Cool. Thanks for being here, Patrick. Hey, what's up, Dalton? How you doing, <laughs> you man? Good, man. So <laughs> you're having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that we, uh, you know, I'm glad, grateful for um, Matt, Matthew, yeah. to, to be putting us all together in that really great group. I think what's really fun about that group in particular is it doesn't matter what it's branded. Like everybody's just having a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, but now you're, you have a, you have quite a bit going on and you've been like all over the place, right? Yeah. Um, as far as Trying like your to. own, like your own, your own businesses, right? Right. Um, dude, I, I love that. So fractional CFO, right. we've had a lot of like these, these, uh, fractional business owners come in, right. Who, who start their career. Do you, do you think that if you were going to start over, you do fractional like CFO again, or would you try to like get in with a company and maybe ride that for a little bit or what? Great question. No, I do exactly what I'm doing right now. I yeah. love it. I absolutely love everything about it. It's something that's just fun. It's the way my, my story and how I got into it was a blast. <clears throat> and I'm even doing my MBA. We talked about that before. Oh, yeah. so congrats to you for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for doing you. yours. I think you're a little <laughs> ahead of me. So, and you're at SUU, right? SUU. Yeah. Okay. My son's down there. Oh, that's cool. And then, uh, so yeah, I'm at UVU doing my MBA and a lot of people are asking me, Hey, what's you going to do when you're done with school? I'm like, exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay. Let's dive into this topic. Why did you get your, why'd you decide to go get your MBA? It's something I've wanted to do for years and years. I mean, when I was, uh, when I was in undergrad, I got my major in Spanish, minor in business because I wanted to be different. Yeah. and go to grad school and get my MBA. That was like 25 years ago. Okay. And so finally I'm doing it. And it's just one of those things where time and money, right? Time and money always gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. So my wife and I are like, no time like the present. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get it done. UVU, is it on, online or are you in, in No, class, in person. In, in person? Okay. Yeah. I'm only online. Yeah. So SUU has an online program that was uh, like a year. Oh, It was wow. like an accelerated year long. So you, did, you did all 10 classes. How many? 10, uh, but yeah, 10 classes. How many in, classes are you doing right now? So I have two as I'm in my last semester. Good. So I'll, I'll get it. But, but it's always interesting to hear about the whole MBA conversation, right? Do you feel like, so you're a, you're a fractional CFO, yeah. um, major in business, minor in Spanish. Did I get that right? No, flip -flop? opposite flip flop, major okay, so in Spanish, minor, minor in business. business. What I, were you going to do? What I were you gonna do? <laughs> Man, so I originally wanted to do engineering, uh, mm -hmm. computer engineering and just learned very quickly, even before school. I'm like, nah, that's not my thing. I wanted yeah. to do business. I wanted to do international business. Okay. And that's why I majored in Spanish, minor in business. And my plan was to go straight through and get my international MBA, like a Thunderbird or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Life yeah. happens, family happens. And I just right. didn't. Right. So how did you get into the, <laughs> that's crazy. how did you get into CFO? Well, it was 25 years ago. Did you have to like, yeah. um, was there a lot of certifications to like be a CFO or anything like that or what? There can be, I am not. And so I'll walk you through my, let me kind of, I'll answer the certification yeah. question yeah. first and then walk you down my path. So yeah, yeah, there's certifications, you know, like, of course there's CPA, then there's sure. EMA, you know, and stuff like that. I don't have any of that. Yeah. Uh, I never wanted to. Yeah. CPA is like, you know, more for, you know, people who want to do public accounting. 
uh, whether it's audit or tax route or something. I just, I never had that interest. Well, you know, what's funny I about tests. Yeah. Freaking well, hate but you know what? But you hate tests. Is that what you said? I do. Yeah. You didn't have to take the GMAT. Nope. That's yeah. I know. That's a great, I went to UV. Like, yep. I do not want to take the I don't think anybody GMAT. requires it anymore. It's maybe Catholic the Ivy Leagues. Should, yeah. Right? Maybe the oh, Ivy sure Leagues do. do. But yeah. But most, like I even, I got accepted to SU and Iowa. Nice. And neither of them yeah. accepted GMATs. So anyway, or I or took, cared about if you had a GMAT. What I was going to say was, what's funny about about um, CPAs because everybody's like, I want to, I want a CPA to do my taxes. Yeah. You know this, but you take four exams to become a CPA. Oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a year long. Yeah. Not one of those tests has anything to do with taxes. So I didn't know that. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't even know much oh, yeah. about the CPA. No, what's crazy. Yeah. So like, so <laughs> yeah. there's only two people who can represent you to the IRS, right? And an enrolled agent. Okay. Which you can do if you take a test or be an IRS agent. Yeah. Or a CPA, um, but a CPA, I mean, they know taxes, but they, they didn't have to take, it wasn't part of their test. Interesting. <laughs> so like Interesting. when people are like, I want to to do my taxes. I'm like, why? Like a tax accountant was just as good. Yeah. Especially if you have somebody who has like a. Well, yeah. and I, so I don't do taxes. Mm -hmm. I hate yeah, taxes. taxes are, I, I even have a CPA that I love and, and he does mine. Yeah. You know, for yeah. me, but it's yeah. Fractional CFO. There's like so many different you know, avenues you can take with that too. Right. Cause there's a lot that a CFO does exactly. in general. Right. Okay. So do you typically, we talked about one of your clients before this, but do you typically <laughs> do, well, what, what industry do you like to be in? Well, so let me, it may help to understand a little bit more about like how I got into becoming yeah, okay. a fractional CFO. Yeah, and then I'll tell you more about the industry that I'm involved in. So my story was, excuse me, or is, uh, during, in school worked for Citigroup accounts receivable and then I went for city cards or uh, sorry for uh, city financial, did mortgages and stuff, moved out here to Utah, uh, started doing mortgages and real estate investing, and then got picked up by a group of uh, restaurants out here and became their corporate controller and acting CFO. Yeah. And then I helped them to grow, you know, quite a bit. And that was a, that was a super fun run, you know, and, and stayed uh, with those guys for a bit. Yeah. A lot of their investors would come in, you know, the shareholders and would say, you know, Hey, can you, can you help me out? You know, I, I need a, I need a little small CFO over here, you know, to help me out with some stuff. And finally, after a few of those, I'm like, man, I, I might as well just do this kind of on my own. So I, you know, gave my resignation. We hired a couple of guys to replace me and they're still there. They're fantastic. I still yeah. stay in touch you know, yeah. with, with a lot of people there. And then, uh, so yeah, I was an independent fractional CFO for several years and helped a lot of companies. Um, while I was with the restaurants, let me kind of back up for a sec. So the, the owners would come in and basically say, you know, Hey, Hey, PMAC, we, uh, we bought a couple of restaurants. We sold a couple of restaurants and we we need an evaluation done on these couple. Cause we're going to sell them next month. You know, and I'm like, I have no idea how to do this stuff. So yeah. I had to learn on my own, you know, and I loved it. It was wow, exciting. Crazy. It was fun. It was crazy. That's why I'm bald, you know, <laughs> but it was just super exciting for yeah. me, you know? And so that was kind of my, my taste of mergers and acquisitions. Fast forward, you know, did independent consulting for a bit and then joined uh, at the time was called Advanced CFO, now called Amplio. We've gone through a rebranding, okay. right? And then uh, when I first joined, uh, the one of the partners called me and said, hey, I've got a deal I'd love to put you on. Do you have a whole ton of capacity right now? The deal was that this company, this client was getting ready to be bought out or sorry, was approached by a private equity. Uh -huh. investor. And then, uh, they didn't have any financials ready. They needed financials cleaned up, presented board deck done, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I, I did that, you know, there again, just learned it, you know, how to yeah. do it. 
Loved it. Well, after that deal got closed by the private equity group, partner came back and said, do you know what you just did? You did a quality of earnings. I'm like, what the freak is that? <laughs> no idea. Never heard of it. Didn't know. So I started yeah. looking into it and he told me, you know, like what it was, how much, you know, people usually charge for that, how long it takes. And I just said, well, why don't we develop this for Amplio? Yeah. So I did. And uh, now we have, you know, a team and everything involved in it. Uh, we've got a few of us that do quality of earnings. We've got a bunch that do financial due diligence. And for me, it's uh, last. So I, that is a fun I piece. focus on that. That is a fun piece. That's why I got my, so I got my accounting degree. Oh, I, and I, I got a, that's how you know so much yeah, about my MBA stuff. Yeah. And my MBA is finance. So I got, I know a lot of numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm a sales guy. I'll never go into finance, but the cool part about that's the cool part is because what people, what gave me a really unique ability because everybody's like accounting and sales don't really go together, but that's my unique advantage in the marketplace. Because like, if you understand sales and accounting, then you know that like, because then you get with somebody who's like, we need to exit. Well, if you need to exit, you, you're not going to grow with the numbers. Well, yeah, <laughs> growth and know your numbers. Yeah. And like, they're like, for the most part, <laughs> like they're not going to take your, uh, you know, a private equity firm is not going to take your bank statement stuff. Right. <laughs> they're going to need it cleaned up yeah. and audited and you're going to need it like, and, and have it like buttoned up real exactly. tight. And nobody really understands. Like if you, if you're a sales guy or an ops guy, like you don't really understand unless you've gone through it, like the money and sales is all about yeah. money. So why wouldn't you want your salesperson to be an accountant or to like at least have a basic understanding of how this affects the bottom line? That's a great pitch. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would. <laughs> That's I, true. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. When I were, when I was going to work for an accounting firm, all they talked about was my sales thing. Yeah. Like I, they asked me, they asked me one accounting question. What was like, what was a pivot, <laughs> what was a pivot table? Oh, right. <laughs> and I answered that it. used to be my favorite question yeah. when I interviewed accountants. I was like, I was like, uh, what's a pivot table. I was like, I don't know. Is this 1980 bro? Right. What are we using pivot? I was like, it's a way to, it's a way to like, it's a data visualization tool. Yeah. There you it's go. like, we can figure it. I was like, but like we have way more than that. And anyway, uh, but I joked with them cause I knew I could hit them like that. And I, yeah. and I got the job. There's soft, there's an app for that. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, dude, we cannot use a pivot table. Dude. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were going to ask me about like SQL or something, something yeah. like that. Like, you know, that, that kind of crazy did it. Or, um, what else do they use for data vi- visualization? Now I took one, I took a class for it and anyway, I was terrible. I was like, Statistics was not my jam. I've never taken statistics. Yes. Yeah, I had somehow sucked. gotten through my undergrad and for some reason it's not on my MBA program. And I'm so glad. Yeah. I are you totally, doing like a general one or no, I'm doing finance. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> That's I, crazy. That's I cool. have been Good able to slide under the cover without, you, dude. without any type of statistics. And I'm yeah. still like, I love, well, they swap. I love how numbers go and stats yeah. behind them. But the core stats, oh, like, yeah, I'm screwed. Yeah, There's terrible. no way. Well, what's interesting is. Um, the kind of the courses that they've swapped. So when my mom got her accounting degree, it was a lot of calculus. Yeah. They swapped those calculus for statistics. So I've taken like three or four statistics classes Dang. and every time it's terrible. Yeah. No, and, but don't ask me any questions. Cause I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, this is like, <laughs> I was like, I'll put the function in Excel. <laughs> that's that's me. exactly. Hey, yeah. It, that's a, that's an industry ripe for um, disruption. 
Excel. Excel, dude. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's like still the most powerful tool, but you gotta you gotta think like, dang man. Well, there's there's a out. lot of new formulas, and there's a lot of like uh, I yeah. follow a lot of people on LinkedIn that do just straight new formula trainings and everything. It's really crazy. They do. And I'm they a get, simple guy, and yeah. they feel like I don't know how to do you know the macros and stuff like that. I don't yeah. even care. Yeah. But there's a lot of you know like a lot of people use V to look up and H look up, and I like X look up. I'm like that's super cool. Just that <laughs> is a simple one, but that alone blew me away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my when new you, favorite formula. Well, you can yeah. do so much in Excel for even oh, yeah. for sales. Like, like I've oh, had yeah. people come up to me because they're like, you're an accountant, you know, Excel. I'm like, I know it pretty well. And they're like, we need this table built. You know, it's sick. Uh, we're going to plug chat GPT here for a second. Have you, do you know what that you've heard? You know, I have, I've used it a little bit, but I've you heard. You can use it for Excel. I've heard that it is like somehow built into Excel or something now. Well, well, someone the other day said can, something about that. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far down the okay. rabbit hole, but I know that like you can, Hey, what, what, what should I do in Excel if I want this? Like, how can oh I build gosh. this? And it'll help you build it right there. Dang. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. It's actually kind of creepy how it's replacing, like, yeah. even, like, coders. Like, ChatGPT is nuts, dude. That is crazy. But good for them, though. ChatGPT, I'm glad I get, we get to talk about it. How do you feel about it? You know, I think it's a great tool. I yeah. don't think it's going to replace a lot of stuff, but I think it's a great tool to use to give you ideas to help kind of spark some stuff. Yeah. Like in my in my MBA course, we've we've plugged in a bunch of questions, not to use the response, but to kind of give us some direction. Yeah. But my thing is like, dude, everybody, all the teachers who are mad about ChatGPT right now, like yeah. doing writing or whatever. Oh yeah. My teacher's the, like, don't use it. I can not. tell you did. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing funny. though. But the funny thing is like, this, these are the same teachers who like 30 years ago were like, you're not going to have a calculator at your desk know, every day. Right? Like, Do I have my phone. So <laughs> right? I yeah. don't actually need, you know what I mean? Like, or like, or like even I took my accounting degree so long ago that even I remember most, like at the beginning of my degree, people were like, you need to know this because like, you know, your employers are going to want to know and then slowly yeah. transition to like, ah, just plug it in Excel. It's like, you better know how to use that BA2 plus, man. I yeah, yeah, you yeah. what, You're you like, better know every single function on that and calculator. Like, <laughs> and I go, no, because now we just have Excel and right. it does it for us. And like, exactly. it takes all the brain. But it's funny because like, you know, they were even talking about accounting kind of being taken over by AI. And I was like, that would be great. I remember when they were talking about that. Uh, yeah. That would be cool. And they still are a little bit. For me, that would be great because it doesn't matter. Like, and you're a CFO. So tell me, give me your thoughts on this. When you're a C, when you're a business owner, you can lay down an, ex, an income statement in front of a business owner. And those numbers don't mean anything to him. Right. You have to explain, you have to walk them through that, yeah. with that statement. Yeah. And so accountants are more consultative in nature by now anyway, because like you can QuickBooks will run your books for 150 bucks. Right. Well, but like, and they'll give you good stuff, Yeah. but like, you don't know what it means, right? You don't know what it's, it is. Well, so one of the things that we talk about quite a bit as, as CFOs and specifically fractional CFOs yeah. and even kind of more uh, ingrained is, yeah. you know, those who raise capital and who do okay. like I do, yeah, you know, yeah, mergers yeah. and acquisitions, quality of earnings, financial due diligences, a good CFO, not just accountant, controller, backwards looking, but CFO, strategic, forward looking, has to be able to tell the story. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what, like you said, an income statement means nothing by itself. A balance sheet means nothing by itself. Statement of cash flows means nothing by itself. But when right. you put those three together and then you can be able to walk through, hey, right. what did this do? How did they do it? What does that mean for you <laughs> as a shareholder, yeah. investor, whatever? Yeah. Then that's the story that the financials can really tell. And you know what, dude? Let's let's go down this rabbit hole because it really pisses me off. I got my <laughs> I got my accounting degree. I hate the finance gurus online. Do you, do you, do you, do you see them? Oh, I'm yeah. talking about, Oh yeah. like I, I know you do real estate investing. So this isn't every real estate investor, right. by the way, but it mostly happens in real estate investing where you hear, where you, where you hear like terms like assets and cash flow and all this stuff. And when somebody, and I, I clown them every time that I get okay. a chance to, because somebody goes like, what's an asset? And they're like, Oh, it's something that produces cash flow. Or, and I'm like, you are an idiot. I'm like, this is so frustrating. They're like, your house is a liability. I'm like, nope, it actually isn't. Yeah. And if you put that your house is a liability on a sheet and you're going to go get bought by somebody, <laughs> that's called fraud. Right. <laughs> you know, but you know, right? that's, the, that's, a, the, that's true. It is. It's, but if I, if I put, uh, no, my house is a liability because it costs me money. No, that's not. But, but see like people. The mortgage is a liability. <laughs> that house is your the note, asset. Your note is a liability. <laughs> your house is the asset. Right. And, and what's funny is like, because you know this, right? A lot of businesses can be profitable and still go out of business oh, yeah. because they don't have cash flow. Exactly. And a lot of people who it's think they have, runway. and a lot of people who think they have really good cash flow aren't necessarily pop, like profitable. Yeah. Like cash flow doesn't mean profitability. Exactly. And profitability doesn't mean that's income. why you need all three statements yeah. together yeah. at the same time on right. one sheet, preferably, which is how I build them too. Yeah, I like that. Then yeah, that yeah, way yeah, you yeah. can actually see uh, the how the flow goes. Right, right, right. But you know what's crazy is like people are, are like, um, they just I, I hate the financial literacy in this world right now. <laughs> it really irritates me because people don't get you really feel. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm so, I've clowned him many times. I think I don't know how you feel about this, but I was just I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of the worst financial books really? ever, ever written in life. I in, loved it. I was it was yeah. a big kick for me. Well, but okay, it is a sales book. So I yeah. would think that you would love it, but you don't. Huh? So so Rich Dad, Poor Dad is great for people who like needed that kid, like, because he made a lot of good points in there. Like you need to own your destiny. It served a great purpose for that time. Yeah. 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 For that time. Like a lot of people needed a swift kick in the ass to like go do something for themselves. Totally. That's one piece that I like it, but I, and that's why, that's why I phrased it very specifically. I said, worst financial book to do because everybody's like number one book on finances, rich dad, poor dad. And I'm like, Nope. That's not it either, dude. It's like a motivational book. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like uh, yeah. get off get off your ass. Yeah, go take control of your destiny. Something. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. realist, there's nothing wrong with real estate investing. Right. There's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. Right. It's just when he starts to like, it's just you get in really dangerous territory when somebody like has never been a business owner. They read Rich Dad Poor Dad because they think it's going to tell them about finances. Right. And then they start doing stuff like my car is a liability. And I go, okay, well, really, if I took your car away right now, would you make more or less money? (laughs) Well, I'd make less money. Okay. Well, then it's an asset because it produces. That's a great, great point to put. I love it. You know what I mean? But like, you would never never put your car. And I was like, and by the way, owning a car, if you have a business, provides a lot of the same tax benefits as a house depreciation, amortization, (laughs) you know, you can do a lot of the, because your house is a, anyway, I'm like, dude, I (laughs) I just, and don't, yeah. People start telling me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, (laughs) people start always told me like, don't buy depreciating assets. And I was like, 
Do people ever tell you that? Oh, yeah. What do you tell them when they say that? It depends. It's it's like most of my answers are like, it depends. Yeah, it depends upon right. what you're looking for. <laughs> what's right. your, it's like, okay, so in my finance class, we're talking about yeah. portfolio analysis. Yeah. You know, well, what's a risky investment? It depends. Yeah, it, it depends, depends on the person. What yeah. are your goals? Yeah. Where, you're, where are you at? Yeah. What's, what, 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 what is the invest? Yeah. What's the well? And yeah. what's the investment? Like, what's the structure of the yeah, deal? Exactly. Because they're going to be a lot of service. Like, yeah. I, but I just always get frustrated because I'm, I'm like, no, depreci- depreciation actually is a useful tool for businesses to <laughs> provide. So, so on on that note, and I'm going to go down another vein for yeah, yeah, yeah. So talking about you know accounting, QuickBooks, Excel, yeah. you know, and of course yeah, yeah, we yeah. know that there's a ton of ERPs out there. Yeah. So I was at an event. I was a panelist uh, last week, and someone says, you know, hey, if anybody is on QuickBooks, get off. You know, if you're over five million, get off of QuickBooks. Which I can understand that uh, because yeah, QuickBooks okay. is simple. You know, it's, it's yeah. great. It's easy to use. And there's some functionalities that just do not work in it. Inventory is one of them. Yeah. yeah. However, yeah. I mean, I can see that. at the same time, and, and I brought it and I said, hey, you know what? I said, here's the thing, though. It all depends upon what they're doing and what they're looking for. Yeah. Because I've done financial due diligence. I did a quality of earnings yeah. for a company last year. It was about $105 million in revenue. It was an inventory and software company. They built, uh, they built huge GPU computers for, oh, okay. anyway. Yeah. And they had a software. So they did have. It. So they had inventory. Okay. So they had inventory, but they used QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online specifically. Oh. Now they had done it right because they had all the other APIs. You know, they had Fishbowl and all and everything. Right, 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 right. But right, it was right. run really solidly. So I'm like, you know, rather than tell people, here's what you can, here's what you can't, here's the black line. Stay yeah, on this side. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? No, I like to provide options and help yeah. people understand what the consequences of each options are. Yeah. You know, and yeah. for example, I, I advise a lot of companies on getting ready to sell. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, that's part of the financial due diligence. And I'm like, well, what if I sell today versus next year? I'm like, well, it depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 You know, if you sell today, here's what happens. If you sell in a year from now, when yeah. you have this growth, here's what happens, how long it, there's, and there's no black or white. There aren't a lot of things, but in most things, it, it really depends upon you. Yeah. And, and uh, that's the answer of it. Like, I remember my first accounting class was like, He's like, when you ask an accountant anything, the answer is always, it depends. What's one plus, here's one of my favorite yeah, yeah, interview yeah. questions. What's one plus one? It depends. It depends. What do you want it to be? Yeah, exactly. My mom and, made and the joke. Like, that's fraudulent. I'm like, well, hold on a second though. So, one plus one, what? Are you talking about just yeah. numbers? <laughs> or are you talking about individuals? Are you talking about yeah. synergies? I mean, it yeah, depends. Yeah. Well, and that's, you what, know, let's, yeah. let's look at it. Let's look at a financial model and run the, scenarios here for a second. The really joke, show what one plus one can equal. The joke is, <laughs> the joke is, yeah, a math teacher gets asked, a math teacher, an engineer, and an accountant all get asked the same question. What's one plus one? And the math teacher goes two. The engineer said one plus one. One plus what of one plus what? Yeah. And the, and the accountant said, what do you want it to be? Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> it really depends. Right. It really it does. Depends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, it, what a great joke, by the way. It's, and, and by the way, like we just had this conversation with my with my family the other day about like the SEC and all and the IRS. Like I don't actually... That's why I kind of got out of that game too. I, the IRS, the tax game specifically, the IRS is the Gestapo, bro. Right. <laughs> they can just do whatever they want. Like I remember sitting on the phone when I was doing taxes one time and I'm like, no, I'm the, she's like, you calculated it wrong. And I go, no, I didn't. And I, and she sends me like, we're in real time. She emails me this thing and I go, no, see, you missed this. Yeah. And I go, this is what I got it right. And she's like, Okay. And then we hung up the phone and I'm like, cool, we're done. Like, cause they were auditing a client of mine and they owed him money. And then 10 days later, got an email. They're like, 
you owe us the money. No more, uh, no more appeals or anything. Pay us or you get, yeah. Right. Like we had proved yeah, them wrong. They were like, like they, they were like, they were like, <laughs> And basically we Dang, don't care right? and you owe us money. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so, find it one way or other. <laughs> yeah. So I just told my client, I was like, look, you can hire a tax attorney, but for the money that you're going to pay them and fight this, you might as well just pay. Yeah, it. exactly. You spend less paying it. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, dude, it's just, right. it's wild. But, um, do you get a lot of like, how, how do you feel the landscape is with the companies that you work for? How do you feel it is with, uh, financial literacy. This is a big topic for me. How, okay. do, you, how do you feel like it is for bi- like business owners? Like in other so, words, what's their understanding? Yeah. 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 Do you financial? feel like they're, they feel like they're pretty financially competent? You know, I feel like, and it really, you don't have to give me names, but I just want a general right. feel. Of okay. the 20, over 25 years. Don't I'm going to any any share a yeah. horror story that turned into a success story for you. Okay. Right, cool. So last yeah. year, I think it was last year. No, it was two years ago contacted by a, uh, an I banker, an investment banker mm-hmm. said, Hey, you know, and they're out of Boston. They say, Hey, we've got a local company, you know, close to you. We're getting ready to, to run a book on these guys so they can go sell, uh, merging two companies and, um, need you. We would love to, to bring you in to do a sell side quality of earnings. Okay. And so I went and talked with, you know, both the owners, cause what was going on is there were two entities, they were merging and then they were going to sell to a buyer. Uh, both of them had, you know, great VPs, finance, CFOs and everything. One of the companies, the CFO was like, he was not a CFO. He was an accountant at best. And, you know, they both kept saying, yeah, our, our books are clean. Our books are ready. We know our numbers. We know our, our unit economics and everything. No, they didn't. It, yeah. it was horrible. It was rough. So what started in March that was supposed to end in May uh, actually, no, sorry. What started in May, it was supposed to end a couple of months later, didn't get closed until March of the following year because we started the quality of earnings, paused it, brought in a handful of consultants to clean up books, to merge books, to help with, uh, a lot of the, the upside and everything, you know, <laughs> along with the, the merging and everything. Um, and then we're able to go ahead and finish the, uh, the sales side quality of earnings. And then we had, they had an incredible exit in the end, but yeah. man, I tell because, you what, yeah. they were not ready. They <laughs> thought they were like, they called me. They're like, yeah, we're going to sell tomorrow. No, you're not. <laughs> you're now, sell. And, and that's, and that's, it's, it's a, it's a horror story. Yes, but it's fairly common. Right. We, right, right, right. We say that a lot now. Right. And it's one of those things too, where I don't want people to think, oh my gosh, you know, my books have to be 100% pristine. No, they don't. That's what we do at Amplio. Yeah. We will come in and we do a lot of fractional CFO type stuff. Yeah. So we'll come in, you know, whether it's, you know, raising capital, but you, or you need a controller or whatever, but we'll come yeah. in and help you clean bucks and get them prepped. Yeah. At, at some point though, as, as a business owner, you do, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. You don't have to have them clean, like buttoned up tight, ready to sell, yeah. but we'll, we'll help you get them. Yeah. 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 Tight, ready yeah to exactly. Sell. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but man, I know business owners who like, I'm like, dude, you got to know how this money flows in your company. Oh, man. there are so now, yeah. <laughs> to going back to your question, there are a lot who have no idea about their cash flow. A lot of them think they do. Right. But when we show them, we get in and we really clean up the books Isn't that and then show them and they're like, <laughs> oh, that's where my burn rate really is. Yeah. One of my clients love them. I've been been on them for like the last few years. They're selling to their to their employees, uh-huh. right now. not through an ESOP, but just through an actual transaction and everything. Yeah. And I keep I every month when I meet with them as their CFO, I show them in a graph 
details and walk them through. Yeah. Here's where your networking capital is trending. Okay. Yeah. Here's your runway. And they're like, you know, we got to write this ship. And so finally now after the purchase happens, they've got some things that they're going to do to write it. How do you think it gets that bad with companies, man? A lot of times. You're just they, not paying attention to it. It's, so you just it's like, for a lot of reasons. Number one, they, they, they don't know and they don't know that they don't know. Okay. <laughs> or B, and this is the thing that I see quite a bit. Well, we have, we have cash in the bank. You know, we've got half a million in the bank. We're okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. But your half a million gives you a three month runway because your burn rate and this and that, you know, it's just like, it's, you know, yeah, you're, you're yeah. not doing okay. Right. You know, or, and right. yeah, there's, yeah. there's just a lot of that. They I think, don't really know. And they don't yeah. know that they don't know. Okay. So for as much as I extremely dislike Robert Kiyosaki, there are some things that he says. And the one thing that he, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki, but he defined wealth as how long you can live on what you have already yeah, i like that right and i'm like that's a great okay yeah, i that, like that's that your runway that's your yeah that's exactly so what he's like your wealth yeah. isn't defined by how much you make it's about how long you can live yeah. on and not how have long anything will your day. cash last <laughs> yeah 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 and so i was like all right yeah. that's fair so yeah for as much as i don't like him i there's a lot that i don't like and i, I really don't like robert kiyosaki telling middle america to get in as much debt as they can so what you're correct? saying is you don't like rich dad poor dad or robert kiyosaki no i don't i think i've heard that a couple of times yeah i'm like i'm like <laughs> freak dude but to, uh, just the whole debt thing also pisses me off yeah. like, oh my gosh anyway nice. but uh but uh anyway no and no but no no i mean a lot of people love him i mean i guess i guess if he helped you like hey he's a, I, it's a tool yeah i guess if he helped you yeah then yeah. i can shut the hell up because i'm not and by the way he's richest he's rich as hell yeah and i'm not <laughs> so <laughs> right. all right dude, so do what you gotta do man. yeah uh anyway is it's it's wild out there but uh dude i really appreciate um you know your your view on things but tell me like what do you think business owners should focus on if they're maybe they're just starting a new business um from a financial standpoint because there's a lot that you need to do when you start a business but maybe like a basic thing that they can start doing that would benefit them greatly maybe by the time they need to meet with someone like you. Yeah. From a financial standpoint, yeah. I think the biggest thing is just to really ask questions. Uh, if, if you're doing your own books or if your uncle's doing your books or yeah. your ward member or your neighbor, <laughs> ask questions, yeah. you know, Hey, help me to understand this. Yeah. You know, help me to see, you know, if I do this, if I go buy this or if I put money here, How's that going to affect me? How's it going to affect right. my financials? How's that going to affect my runway? Yeah. And if they can't answer those questions, find someone who can. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care if you're a startup, yeah. $5,000 a month or $5 million a month. You've got to be able to ask questions. And when you, so for, for everybody listening who doesn't know, define runway and define why that's so important. Runway is how much cash you have and how long that's going to last. Yeah. You know, for example, you have half a million, it's going to last you a, a year then that means you have a year's worth of cash. That's your runway. Yeah. Why is that so important? Because what happens if COVID, you yeah, know, you or something else, you know, COVID have, you've got to be able to know how long can I last? And then if something crazy happens, be it good or be it bad, how is that going to affect my runway? How is that going to yeah. affect me as an owner? And yeah. what kind of levers can I, can I pull, turn knobs, everything in order to, you know, extend the right. runway? So you're saying runway is like, you have 500k in the bank that lasts you a year if no other money comes exactly, in. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's that's which is a really important stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is really important because exactly. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you don't, right? 
That's one of, a lot of times people will say, Hey, you know, they'll contact me or, or someone at Amplio say, Hey, I need to go raise capital. Well, let's really find out if you need to raise and then how much you need to raise. And really that how much is a, is a very important yeah. question. How do you determine how much you need to raise? Financial modeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to really go in, you have to dig in, you have to really do a lot of scenarios because those, a lot of people raise based on, hey, I want to get me to my next round, you know, in 18 months. Right. No, that's, that's okay. But let me tell you a better way <laughs> is to raise based on metrics, raise, uh, yeah. sorry, based on uh, specific goals. Yeah. Okay. I want to be able to raise, you know, X amount that will get me to this point as far as, Launching my, you know, version two, you know, it's, it's at, or something like that. Yeah. Then that's really a good way. And you only can know that and how much yeah. by doing a financial model. A lot of these SaaS companies do it the the first way you mentioned. Yeah. They go, they go, they go seed to seed. Yeah, exactly. And you're around around. And uh, I think that's why we have, we've had the, almost half a million layoffs in tech. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. One of the things, and, and I hear this repeated a lot. I used to say this in my, uh, when I would just help people personally with their finances, which I don't do. I just, you know, yeah. only for friends. So please don't call me and ask me to help you with your personal stuff. But <laughs> I hear this a lot more hard. recently in business. So yeah. yeah. And I'll start with the personal and I'll tie it yeah. into the business. So as far as personal, use credit when you don't need to. Don't use credit when you need to. Right. That's how you build your credit, right? In other mm -hmm. words, if I am hurting, if I am out of money, it's too late to, to try to get a credit card. Yeah. Okay. But when you have money in the bank, get a credit card, establish, you know, get your credit and everything going. Sure. It's yeah. the same thing for business. Yeah. Raise capital when you, when don't, you don't need, need it. to. Yeah. Okay. And then, because when you need to raise capital you're, and then you're, you're out there, you're screwed. Yeah. Because, you know, then you don't, you don't have that, that negotiation tip. Yeah, that's true. I was just, uh, I do a scholarship for, um, entrepreneur scholarship for students at my old high school. And that's what I told them. I told them yesterday, I was like, you guys want to know a secret of negotiation? Yeah. I said, they, they're like, yeah, I go, it's positioning. If you yeah. can't say no, it's a bad deal. Get the upper hand. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, yeah, I was like, so yeah, if you, if you need this money and they know you need that money and by the way, they don't need to, they don't need to know anything other than why are you coming to me right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why and are you pushing so hard for this? A lot of times companies will raise capital and this is the right way to do it. They'll raise capital because it'll help them to get to the next level. They, they have tons and tons of money in the bank and they have a lot of runway and I they think, have a lot of runway, yeah. but they're saying, Hey, you know what? I can get there faster. Yeah. If I do this, that's which is, great. Which is, that's how, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're like, don't use your own, use somebody else's. It benefits everybody. Hey, leverage. Yeah. 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 You yeah. benefit. But at that point it benefits everybody. They know that they're going to get paid because if V2 comes out, you're already have You already have a healthy company who's got runway zero who's got all this stuff and they and then yeah and then you're going to really get which and then you're going to get a more favorable deal for yes. sure yeah when you they can, want yeah. that deal <laughs> yeah 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 if you can say like look dog we don't need this yeah we're we want this and we want you to be a part of it but we yeah. can say no at any time in yeah, this deal. exactly yeah and walk away um yeah so i learned that that was probably the biggest negotiation tool that I ever learned. That's probably the only one that I share with people too. It's like, want to be a really good negotiator? Yeah. Yeah. If you can't say no, it's a bad deal. There you That's go. It. That's all you need to Love. know. <laughs> if you can't say no, it's a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. Remove the emotion. Well, and yeah. And if you just like, if you can't walk away, if you're not ready to walk away, then you shouldn't be involved in this deal. Do you know Robert Kiyosaki talks about that? Does he? <laughs> 
I heard it from and a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it from Chris Voss. No, but I so I, I I'm just razzing you. No, no, no. Good for you though. I need to be checked. Um, no, but I never said okay. But hold on. I only said the finance stuff. I said it was a great book if you wanted to switch <laughs> and to learn because Robert Kiyosaki is obviously smart. Yeah, I just don't like it when you tell. I'm just, sure he's not yeah. listening to your podcast. <laughs> absolutely not, Robert. Uh, no, absolutely not. But anyway, yeah, I just when you tell, I just get so many friends who like I see their businesses and they don't have they don't have any runway. They're yeah. negative runway, dude. You know what I mean? And then they're like, "Oh, Robert Kiyosaki told me to go uh, borrow a million dollars for this house, and it'll generate all this money for me." And I'm right. like, "But you probably, you should probably shouldn't do that. Though. You should probably not figure out how to uh, diversify your portfolio. Yeah. You should probably figure out how to get a portfolio. Yeah, make sure you're not the Walking Dead, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you shouldn't figure out how to invest. You should figure out how to get earn money because yeah. people will come up to me sometimes and be like." what's the best that I could do with a thousand bucks? And I go buy a course and learn a skill. Yeah. Like, why would you put that in anywhere? It's not like a thousand bucks isn't a lot of money in the S and P 500. <laughs> like go figure out how to turn that right. into more money. You know? Right. So, oh my gosh. On that note. So, yeah. uh, Chris Riley, he's okay. one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know Chris Riley. he may or may not be listening to this, but Chris, you're awesome. I've talked to him quite a bit. Okay. He's an FP and a guy. Okay. Uh, Paul Barnhurst, you know, both mm -hmm. of them, they tag back and forth. So they're both incredible FPNA guys and they both have amazing, amazing, um, uh, what's it called? Like courses out there. Mm -hmm. So I spent, I can't remember how much is like a couple of hundred bucks sure. know, on, on a Great. course on one Great. of Chris's courses. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. One of the best courses I've ever done. Just on like, was, was it like F financial modeling leverage okay. buyouts? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know what I think would be cool is, uh, taking, that the Robert Kiyosaki model or the Grant Cardone real estate model yeah. and applying it to businesses. Oh yeah. There we go. Right. Well, a business, a business yeah. return, like businesses have always outperformed real estate yeah. in like returns for the most part, unless you, unless you're buying and selling it, but like the rental model. Yeah. Like businesses you typically outperform. We'll look at commercial real estate. It's business. It's real estate, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, yeah, but they move that. So, oh gosh, dude. Hey, yeah. How about a commercial uh, lease? That's a racket, dude. Not only are you gonna pay me, you're gonna pay me for right. the square footage, but you're gonna pay me the cams, right? Right. <laughs> so literally, you pay for all of your own stuff, yeah. and I get the money. Yeah, exactly. There's a deal. <laughs> I was like, that. That's a sick deal. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna go. I mean, I guess, I guess you can, but to be in the rental market to be pretty yeah. competitive, I feel like you have to like pay for some of that. But anyway, one of the reasons why I love quality of earnings and financial due diligence is seeing businesses and really seeing yeah. so many of them learning about, you know, like what makes them tick, but then also, you know, there again, you've got all the different industry metrics and stuff that you can apply yeah. to those. But I just, I love, I, what, what's the industry to be in right now? Wow. E-commerce and SaaS. Dude, no kidding. <laughs> They're just huge. Yeah. Especially Silicon Slopes area. Yeah. 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 But all over, you know. E-commerce right now is big. Retail's never dead. Yeah. Retail never died. Exactly. For, you know, everybody was like, oh, my, the malls are going to die. It's still malls might die, but yeah. retail's not re dead. Re retail specifically is, is really uh, capitalization is cap heavy. It's capital yeah. intensive. Uh, but where, you know, SAS, it, yeah, it's SAS it, is it's, pretty cap heavy. It is because you've got to, you've got your developer. You got to do your developer. But yeah. if you are, if you really have a great offering, 
then you, you've got yeah. the options. Well, and once you get past your options, once you get past your devs, you yeah. really then you're pretty much like there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would agree with that because because ecom you got inventory. You really have to double down on marketing to push that out. Marketing, you've got huge, it. Yeah, that's a big budget for ecom. Yeah. We got to talk about that afterwards. But uh, yeah, dude, it's what? Yeah, ecom is great though. I love. I have a lot of good, a lot of friends. There in again, e-com. look up Matt Holman and plug into dude, Sharehouse absolutely Sharehouse and uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, that, yeah, so many good players out there. There's a plug for you, Matt. Love you, buddy. <laughs> right on, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Patrick. Hey, have I appreciate you. Thanks, Dalton.